Hey cousins, welcome to Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. Welcome cousins to this episode of Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. I'm your host Cornell Wright, the People's Lobbyist. Join me today and we're going to talk about the United States Postal System. Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas is intended for the participation of responsible adults of legal drinking age who wish to engage in substantive virtual discussions and social drinking for entertainment purposes only. Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas does not advocate the abuse of alcoholic beverages. Choosing to participate in any of the drinking activities shared in the program should be made with moderation and caution and is the sole responsibility of the user. So cousins, hope you, some of you are still wearing your masks because we need to. Hopefully those cousins who haven't are getting vaccinated. I'm saying this again, it's a drum beat until we all get it right to where we all can beat this thing called COVID-19 and the variants that are coming as a result of it. But so for today, cousins, let's talk about the United States postal system, our postal system. Now, so you all know the United States postal system, right? You know, they have stamps for us. I mean, here's uh, Sons and uh, Black Heritage with um, uh, August Wilson, a great playwright and military dogs, and of course then there's forever stamps with flags and Liberty Bell. Even have some more things like Star Wars on it, if you're so inclined, which I am. A number of you cousins out there may even collect stamps over time. That's all a small, small part of what the United States Postal System does for us. But let me talk a little bit more, as we mentioned last year in some episodes, about where we are, what's happening to the postal system. And I contend, cousins, there's a bunch of bad ideas coming together all at one time. Let's start at the top, cousins. The United States Postal System and the current Postmaster General, who has responsibility for strategic and day-to-day -day operations of the United States Postal System, is a guy by the name of Louis DeJoy. Louis DeJoy was formerly a CEO of a company called New Brands, and he did so well at that company, he then became the CEO of another organization called uh, Expo Logistics. Now, when he was CEO of New Brands, among his various accomplishments, don't know them all, but just one of them, the company handles logistics. And supposedly this company had a chance to have contracts with the United States Postal System for over 25 years, cousins. All right? In that capacity, I looked them up online, they have warehousing systems, they have logistics software, they do other things in order to kind of keep things moving, which is what logistics does for us. We don't know exactly what role it played with the United States Postal System, but it was a part of it. In 2001, there was an audit conducted by the United States Postal System Audit Commission, Committee, Attorney General, whatever that position is, okay? And they found that DeJoy's company had received a non-bid contract for $300 million for the United States Postal System. Non-bid says that nobody else participated in it and nobody else got, you know, had a chance even to try to get the money for whatever services they were providing. That audit went on to say that the United States Postal System could have saved $50 million on that contract if, in fact, it had gone out to bid. Cousins. So that means in 2000, so it goes, and that, by the way, that goes back to 1992. So at that point in time, he got a $300 million contract for his company with no competitive bids. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it, Cousins? 
So now this gentleman is the person who's responsible for running our entire postal system. So I would say that as a CEO, is it fair to say that he must understand something about logistics, something about how to make things happen efficiently? After all, we talk often about how you want to have a business person run a governmental agency. Well, then certainly he might have the capabilities of doing that. It also came out that Mr. DeJoy is the first person, like the last 20 years or longer, who has, who's been postmaster general, who's never worked for the post office. But that's a sidebar. Okay, but the point is he ran a company that had logistical operations capabilities and if anything, our United States Postal System is a model of logistical operations, right? Think about it. They go from stamps to delivering packages, to delivering mail. I even had the post office recently come to my house on Sunday delivering a FedEx item. Think about that, cousins. Our United States Postal System delivering something for FedEx on Sunday. Certainly it's a new, new world. So there's other things the post office can do. I understand the post office can actually deliver baby chicks for you if you have such an inclination to have delivered. Aside from which, the United States Postal System, remember the old Pony Express, those folks? That was a part of the history of the postal system and it delivers to anybody anywhere in the country. So why am I bringing this up to you today, Customs? Well, because they recently come out claiming that they're going to further reduce the delivery times for first-class mail. Cousins, let's talk about this, okay? Okay, first-class mail is what I put a stamp on, like my bills, and let's be honest, I'm trying to get as close as possible anyway to save my nickels, right? And they're saying they're going to further delay that capability, that service. Now, cousins... There are a lot of ways to run an organization. One of the key areas of running an organization is having, providing great customer service. Customer service in this case would mean that you are going to provide first class mail and all the other services you have in the most efficient manner possible, right? Well, so this is what happened. Last year, as you recall, I may have mentioned on this show if you caught that one, Mr. DeJoy said that he was going to further impact the postal systems capabilities by limiting overtime, reducing hours, cutting back on sorting machines, cutting back on mailbox delivery locations, and a number of other things that further restricted the capabilities of the postal system, and what? Provide them with less service to the customers. Now, that just happened last year, cousins, in time for what? The announcements or the sending out for the various ballots for, elect for the uh, voting of 2020 in the elections. One report I read said as many as 30 to 50,000 ballots were delayed because of some of these actions and therefore couldn't be counted because they missed the deadlines. Cousins, you're telling me then that we are consciously inhibiting or constraining the service capabilities of the United States Postal System. For what? And now, cousins, we're coming out again. This being October time frame 2021, we're further restricting the postal system by saying we're not going to have first-class delivery. Guess what? Electoral ballots are first-class <laughs> delivery, cousins. And so this man is coming out saying we're going to further reduce that reduce the time frames that we can expect to have things done, impact the windows that we cousins can have to, in fact, vote, and more specifically, cousin, this is October. What's coming up? The holidays. <laughs> okay? Cousins, 
So now you're going to tell me that when I send out my postcard, my holiday cards to my friends and family, they're going to, I'm going to have to do it earlier than I did before because it may take longer for it to get there. Or packages or any other things that we're trying to send out during the course of the holidays, which puts a critical stress always on the United States Postal System because what? We're mailing so much out. So at a point in time of stress, of more volume, he's reducing capability as a conscious business decision. Cousins, come on, is that a bad idea or what? I think so. So let me give you a little backdrop as to what some of the rationale has pretended to be, i.e. getting us all set up for it. That's what my opinion is, okay? Talk about a bad idea. So it turns out that there are nine commissioners who then determine and after the postmaster general is selected by the president, and Mr. DeJoy was elected by, was presented by rather, uh, President Trump, you have nine commissioners. It turns out that when President Obama was in charge and he was trying to offer you know, additional commissioners to the postal system, the Republican senators, because they have, the Senate has a responsibility to uh, convene and to approve effectively those persons who are selected, they didn't select. They didn't register or give President Obama any opportunity of placing people in, in those positions. What does that mean? That means when President Trump came in, he could select more of the postal commissioners. There are nine of them. By legislation, five have to, no more can, five can be of any one political party. Right now, as it stands, there are four, four Republicans, two Democrats, and three open positions. I have my hand up if someone wants to make me a postmaster commission, okay? But let's be honest, cousin, if we don't fill those positions, that's the only way that if you are not happy with the work being done by this gentleman, that you can have him removed. That's one. So fill the positions of the commissions of the postal system. So let's go back. Part of the story is, so in 2006, cousins, Congress, in which both the Senate and the House of Representatives were controlled by Republicans. Just the facts. Right? They passed a bill that was called the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act. Okay? Now, this bill, I didn't read it all, but one of the key components of the bill is it said the United States postal system had to ac accumulate or create a $72 billion fund to cover the health insurance and pension plans for all of their employees. You got that, cousins? Here was a weight being put on the postal system, financial weight, by the Congress. There is no other organization in the country, business, state, or federal agency, that has the same type of legislation in place for them. You got that, cousins? So we're putting this financial burden on an organization that if it wasn't in a case and it had normal standards, they'd be making money today and would have been making money in the past. So if you hear them, people say that, oh, the postal system's losing money, it's because Congress put this weight around their neck in which they have to fund a pension and health care program that nobody else in the country has to do. Secondly, is that because of that, we can now claim, oh, well, we have to be more efficient as opposed to providing better customer service in order to meet this congressional decided mandate. 
of meeting this financial commitment. Cousins, check it out. I went and looked back, and as of 2018, which is the last information they had, there was only one state in the country, one, that had enough money to fund its pension program. <laughs> Think about that, cousins. You might be, as odds are, you're living in one that isn't fully funded. If you don't believe me, call your state treasurer and ask he or she the question. Is our state fully funded to cover our pension requirements for our state employees? Answering 49 out of 50 will probably be no. I think there's three or four that are almost there. All right? So, cousins, and then by the way, cousins, if you really want to get scary, call your, your HR department or your financial department in the company you work for and ask them if their pension plan is fully funded. I'm just saying, cousins, as they say, as I have said off, you're going to believe, believe me or your lying eyes. So think about this, cousin. You have an executive who has received contracts from the postal system with no bids, who is now in the process of taking the postal system and constraining it arbitrarily in order to reduce its service capabilities with the illusion that what he's trying to do is minimize the exposure in order to fit this uh, a uh, congressional mandate, and then what? We're then left with what's, what's left. And so as you look at that and you look at what the postal system is, hasn't it been the steady aspect for our, perhaps all of our lives? And this is what's happening. So are we to believe this executive doesn't know what he's doing? Of course he knows what he's doing. I would give him all the credit in the world for being able to manage an organization successfully since he's done it for a number of years. So what is his motivations as to why he's taking one strategy which minimizes and cripples the, uh, the postal system and, by the way, provides them, exposes them to competition as opposed to taking the other direction in order to provide better customer service and have us engage cousins in order to support them. Buy more stamps, use more services, etc. You with me, cousins? There's a choice here. I contend that bad ideas are rampant around the postal system, and I, for one, would like to see them change. So I need your help. If you love the postal system, as I do, well, the first thing you have to do is recognize the postal system is being set up. When Congress puts such a heavy burden on them and no other organization in the country has it, isn't that kind of questionable? I think it is, cousins. The second is that if you recognize they're being set up, let's not complain about it, okay? Recognize that your mail person or my mail person, or the people we see down at our local post office and all those support people behind them are continuing to work hard to provide us with the best service they can because that's how they grew up knowing to provide us with the best service they can. And that they are being arbitrarily hamstrung by their current executive officers. Let's not complain. Okay, because through that complaint, people are going to say, oh, well, we did a survey and everybody's complaining. We did this and everybody's upset. So therefore, what? We need to open up competition for more businesses to get into the space and provide the service that the post office is offering. That's what's coming down the road, cousins, which I think is a bad idea. So the last part is what we can do, cousins, is then to contact your local federal representatives, your state, your, your Congress people and your senators and ask them for two things. One, get the commission's positions filled, and then two, change that legislation. 
change the legislation because obviously we can look at it and see that that legislation that was imposed upon the postal system is hamstringing them financially and is that if it's a good idea, why do they do that with everybody else, all the other organizations, not only on the state level, but the federal level? And of course, businesses. The short answer is they can't do it because it was a bad idea. You with me, cousins? So you check it out. The postal system is for all of us. It works for all of us. We the people is something that's accessible. Everybody could put a forever stamp on a document. You can send me a letter if you wanted to. You see what I'm saying? Come on, cousins. We need to support this one. This is something that we have a direct capability to influence and make happen so the better ideas can come about. Thank you for joining me, cousins, on this episode of Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. You take care of yourself and keep using the mail system. It's there for us, as am I. Take care of yourselves. We are the people. Welcome to the show. Here we go again.